0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. Welcome back. This is the week leading up to Easter. And in this month, um, our topic is how to reach out and to come alongside partners and friends of people struggling with addictions. And I think it's such an appropriate time to do this over this Easter time that we Mm. go in Mm. because it's hard for friends and family members of people struggling with addictions. And if we think about the Easter message and the time that that was running, going up to Easter, which is often described as lent, some people are familiar with the concept, others not. It's a time often where people do self-reflection and look at themselves and and see how we can grow in our relationship with Jesus, the things Mm -hmm. that are keeping us from him. Um, And it's a good time. It's a a difficult time, a time when we do introspection. But also a time when, of course, when the resurrection message is there, not only the death of Jesus, but his resurrection. And that it's, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult um, for partners of addicts, but that we can always go to him, mm. that that we have this resurrection me- message. And I'm just going to read it right now. Um, a message that the word that God had given to me for this year, he, every mm. year he gives me a message, a, a, mm. a word. And so this year it's Ephesians 3, verse 16 to 20. And I want to share that with the listeners because I think it's so appropriate that for us, especially those of us who are in relationship with an addict, a person struggling with addiction, actively or maybe not actively, but just struggling in the after effects of that. Mm. This is my prayer for you as I'm going to read that. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, being fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depth of His love, Mm -hmm. fully experiencing that amazing, endless love, And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled up throughout your being to the fullness of God, so that you may have the rich experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Isn't this amazing? Yeah. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly more than all we dare to ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power, and in other translations it says his resurrection power, mm, his mm. power that is at work within us.
1: Sure. Suka. I just hear hope and hope and hope in Christ's love and um And Christ's love is sometimes very different to the love that we think we should be showing. Mm. Um, Because I'm thinking of uh, friends, families, partners, uh, children, parents of of addicts. How can they truly love, with the love of Christ, the addict? Um, Because the addict person is in a very different space than before they were addicted, and uh, it is so difficult to show that love. Where we sometimes that love sh- looks like being cruel, mm. uh, being uh, distant, being aloof, or mm. uh, disengaged, because that is sometimes what that love looks like, um, and very often it is uh, making life difficult for mm. that person. Mm. And I think of Jesus that never stood down and never spoke without love. Uh, even when he spoke to the Pharisees and he convicted them of uh, the the hypocrisy, um, it was never without love. But he was not afraid to see the realities and speak truth mm. into those realities, mm,
0: and it might not have sounded like love to other people mm. that were listening, mm. right? Mm. It's not the nice, comfortable, comfy, cushy words always, mm. because if it's reality and speak the truth into reality, it might even sound harsh. Mm. You know, Frederick, I remember that in the early days of your addiction, uh, and sometimes we we can misunderstand scripture because I was looking at one Corinthians thirteen, and I mean. That's Mm -hmm. love, you know, it hopes everything, it believes everything, Mm. it trusts, it covers Mm. everything. Mm. So I thought my job was to cover for you Mm. and not to expose the truth Mm. because I misinterpreted that scripture. It's only later that I understood more about the truth in love and what it means to speak the truth mm-hmm. in love when mm-hmm. it even mm-hmm. didn't sound like love. Yes. Right? Yes. But what also is special to me about the scripture is to being rooted in God's love.
1: Yeah, Because
0: yeah. I think a big problem that we have as friends and families of, of, of people struggling with addiction, you know, you love the addict, but you find you want to feel better. You, you you want you want to love the addict, you want the addict to love you the way that you think mm. you need to be loved, yeah, and put a very big um expectation upon that person to to love in a in a way that they're not able to love mm. so Frederick, one important thing that I learned, and this was like early days like in two thousand and five two thousand and six, I remember Chengdu in and in China in your active addiction. There was a person that came to talk about. She came from the United States and she came to speak to the missionary wives. And while we were in China, of course, people didn't know we were missionary wives. But and she spoke about that Jesus is our husband and we need to marry him. I know mm-hmm. that sounds a bit strange mm-hmm. on the air, but but that that we need to get all the love that we need to get. We need to get from him mm-hmm. um, because sometimes we expect our Addict partners to love us in the way that Christ loves us. Mm. And they're not able to. Yeah. So that is why this verse is still such an important verse for me about I need to know, I need to experience the love of Christ. I need to grow in my relationship with Christ. I need to find my identity in him. Mm. Um, I need to really help him in, to fill me up with his love so that I can walk continue to walk in that time with this husband that was an addict, and how do I love him, you Mm. know, and get the love that I need from God.
1: Mm. You know, Suki, uh, as you were talking about that, um, uh, just from the addict's point of view, Mm. I was not able to accept Mm. the love of Christ. I was not able to accept it from Mm. him Mm. because of my shame and my guilt and mean. There I've gone again, I've watched porn again, and I said beforehand, I promised I'll never do it again, and I did it again. Mm. The shame and the guilt that go along with that. So not only with the porn, but I can imagine anybody that says they're not going to drink again so much, and then they do it again. Mm. Or uh, that was the last pull that I drank uh, that's going to make me high, mm. or that's going to bring relief or medication. And they do it again. Um, it's so difficult to accept that love, and uh, to love myself. Mm. So so difficult. And if I cannot accept Christ's love, and I cannot love myself, mm. how can I love somebody else? Mm. Mm. And I think that is why the family and friends of of and partners or ch- parents of addicted persons. Um, find it so difficult to not be alone, to feel that they are lonely and that uh, this addicted person just doesn't love them Mm. and doesn't care about them. Mm. And how difficult it is to accept Christ's love and pass it on uh, to the family and friends or even to the addict. Mm. How do I pass that love and, and really love the person but not tolerate the addiction. Mm, mm, mm.
0: Absolutely, Frederick. Um, we said to listeners, and you know that normally um, the first program of the month, Frederick and I spoke together, and then um, we have we have uh, interviews with people for the other programs. But today we decided Frederick will talk to me as as a friend or a partner of an addict. Mm um and in a very vulnerable way to also share some of the things of my own story and not only my story but as a representative of other partners mm-hmm. um and just dig a little bit and explore a little bit the truths or the realities and and what, how we can we can move forward with these realities yeah so let's take a break and then we do that continue to do that after the break
1: perfect Welcome back, listeners, and uh, we are having a very difficult conversation, myself and Suki. And um, I'm going to have a conversation with Suki. You know, usually we have conversation with guests, and uh, we are talking to each other with a view of the partner, family member of the person who is addicted. Suki. Um, You know, we've given lots of advice in the past and even in the previous program uh, what addicted persons can do and what their family members can do. So what is one of the other ways you have found how family members and partners, colleagues of the addicted person um, can do? Uh, to get help and support, mm,
0: mm. yeah well, we were just talking about how lonely that person often is, and how mm. difficult it is to receive love and to give love to the person struggling with the addiction, so Frederick, I have found years ago in two thousand and sixteen actually um, i mean we in two thousand and ten when we started our our um, our journey towards healing, we got lots of counseling. Mm and groups of you know, people that were doing counseling with us. and But in 2016, I felt God led me to join a group of people, mm. um, uh, a group of um, Al-Anon. It was called Al-Anon, and this program is not about that at all, but it's friends and family members of, of people uh, addicted to alcohol. Mm. And that was not my issue, but I just realized I had to get support from people who know what to do. And that was a very important thing in my life. I never, and I remember I felt God said, you need to go. And I said, I didn't want to go because I already had so much, you know, I've been struggling so much. What more must I do?
1: Mm. Mm.
0: But I'm so grateful I listened. Because like we said before, Frederick, friends, well-meaning friends that are not in a position where there's an addiction, they often give advice that don't work. Mm. It's very important to try and be part of a group where people know what you are experiencing. Yep. So currently, I um, I have an online group, I'm part of an online group, COSA, Codependence of Sex Addicts, even though that you've been clean for many, many years, but... um. That, but I still continue to be a codependent. That mm, means like mm. I want to help you and I'm in a harmful, you know, but I want to help you or fix you. But it's not, it's actually harming the relationship. Yeah. And even though the problem is not there, but like you said before, sometimes there is still some behavior that, mm. that is addictive behavior. And it's so helpful. I just cannot explain to the listeners. So I was in a Al-Anon group, a group, a twelve-step group where there were friends and families of people with struggling with addiction. I was also in a ACA, a Adult Children of Alcoholics mm, group, mm, mm. where um, because I've learned in these times that if you come, often when we marry an addict it's because we have grown up in a relationship where there was an addict yeah, because yeah. addiction is a family disease mm, mm. and um, my father was an alcoholic mm. and I saw how my mom was helping him with his drinks and so that he wouldn't drink too much and I thought that was the right behavior but mm. that was unhealthy behavior yeah. so there were certain characteristics, and I remember when you and me started a group like that, we, we were exposed to this. The first time we heard about um, adult children for alcoholics, mm-hmm. it was still in China. Yeah. We said to each other, I think they spied on us and they mm-hmm. wrote a book mm-hmm. about us. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, uh, it, it felt to me like they're, they're taken by inoculars and they were looking into our house and uh, looking at the behavior and, and taking notes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And all those defects of character that uh, we were displaying mm. had been passed down mm. from our parents, it's like from sin. our fathers. Hey? Um, yeah, the sin of the fathers mm. that had been passed down to yeah. the children.
0: And Frederick, I struggle with that verse. And I can say that to the listeners now. I still struggle with that verse because I thought, but for those who love the Lord, mm. you know, it's the opposite. Mm. And we love the Lord, but mm. still... It fe- You know, th- th- we experienced the addiction being passed on in some way. It was latent and then it eventually had come to the fore. Mm. So that is the difficult part of that to, um, you know, when that happens, what y- you are in that situation and to learn that we are actually not alone. When we start talking to other people, mm. we realize there are people with very similar stories and we can learn so much from each other. In a healthy group where we don't fix. Yes. Because when we had grown up, we had seen a lot of fixing um, and we thought that was normal behavior.
1: Uh, uh, That was for the partner of the addict. Mm, mm -hmm. And uh, the addict really appreciated in an unhealthy way all the help, all the fixing. Because they didn't have to take any responsibility,
0: exactly,
1: so th- that is where this negative or the downward cycle spiral comes in is that the the partner of the addicted person wants to help, wants to be involved, wants to try mm-hmm. and help and fix and um and the the person who's addicted, they sit back and say, "Oh, they don't have to do anything." Because mm. everything has is been done by by the other person trying exactly. to fix them. that's the
0: unhealthy behavior, and that's then. the unhealthy yeah, behavior. Yeah, right. So, but it is so hard then for that partner not to do that. Mm. And so, when you're in a group of people, when where they tell you it's not healthy, and they tell their stories, and in, in those in those fellowships. We don't give advice. Mm. We all just take talk from our own experience. And it's unbelievable how much I've learned from those people yeah. by just listening to their experience and what they've learned from their own mistakes. Mm. Sometimes we learn from their mistakes. Sometimes we learn from what they had learned to do right. And we get strengthened in our resolve not mm. to keep saving the, the addict.
1: Mm. Well, just talking about that, Suki, um, there were certain things that you did Uh, In my active addiction, before we started a journey of recovery and restoration, what were some of those steps or some of those efforts that you made to try and help me?
0: Mm. Oh, wow. You know, I'm a great reader. So I was teaching and I am a teacher. So, Mm. of course, you will remember how much I was teaching you from the books I was mm, reading. Mm, oh boy. Mm. And I I read all these books. And so I gave you all. I thought, honestly, if you know the right thing to do, you mm, will do it. Mm. Because if I help you to know what you can do to get out of this problem, then you will do it and it mm. will be fine.
1: And so we come to realize that knowledge Eish. in itself cannot fix, cannot, cannot bring change. Mm, it mm, cannot help at mm. all.
0: Another thing that is kind of controversial, was praying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's. I'm not saying people shouldn't pray, but I prayed for you, man. And I remember when you told me you had this problem, I thought, I'm going to pray this away. Mm. Don't worry. I am a prayer warrior. I'm going to mm-hmm. be on my knees and Jesus will stop it. Mm. He will save you. And he didn't. Mm. I mean, we and, had and to how get... many
1: times did I pray that... Uh that the Lord will take away, that Jesus will take away this thing that I don't want to do any longer, Mm -hmm. Uh, take away this addiction and uh, this desire to watch or to look at pictures on the Internet. Mm. Um, And God didn't answer those prayers.
0: Why do you think, Frederick, why not?
1: I think God wants to look at the deeper effects Mm. and the deeper causes, the root causes Mm. of, of the addiction and he wants us to deal with the past uh, you know in jeremiah one of the scr- uh, scriptures in jeremiah says that uh, we cannot heal a wound by saying it's not there mm. um so by by eventually getting to a point where there's no denial uh, mm. when i've realized my powerlessness and my inability to change myself um, it's only at those points that I can really start changing, where the changes that are, that are made by God can be more perna- permanent Amen. and more sustainable, Amen. and uh, that there is hope right. when we totally trust in the Lord yeah. uh, to bring the healing.
0: And this is so good to hear, because I'm sure there are people right now listening and say, "But I keep praying, and nothing is happening. Mm. Why not? Why mm. is God not mm. doing that to know that he might be doing a deep work you know where um it's a long term thing mm-hmm. addiction saving from someone from addiction is not i mean it can i mean sometimes you pray, and there's an instant healing yeah, for yeah, yeah. for a physical thing as well, but so often it's it's um." Changes in your diet you need to make. Mm, There are some mm. deep things that need to change. Uh, Mm. You need to exercise. I think if you you struggle with a heart condition, it's not just the operation. It's often a lot of aftercare that people Mm. need to do to help them to, Mm. to have healthy hearts again and exercise. A whole lot of things. So it's the same. And then I just want to remind partners That in this time, while they're waiting for God to answer, when it seems like nothing is answered, that we need to take care of ourselves. Yes. The psychologists call it self-care, and it feels selfish. That's why it's so hard for us to do, because Mm. our whole inclination is to take care of the addict and to help the addict, not to help. And the Bible says clearly, we need to love others like our it took me a long time before others mm. because I always thought you need to love others more than yourself. Mm. But it does say like yourself. As so, yourself. Mm. so, I had to learn to, to really take care of myself. Things that felt selfish to me, mm. like like I said, going to the beach when things fall apart and when I just need to. Because if I'm there, I'm going to intervene. Vi- I'm going to mm. interfere in mm. what God mm. is doing. Mm. And if I need to leave, I need to leave and Mm. let be. And it's not always possible. I know there are situations, especially with parents and children, where it's not possible. But I mean, where you need to do something for yourself. And because we, it's a long, long journey. It's a marathon. We cannot keep up the journey Mm. if we don't take care of ourselves. If we don't go and do our nails, ladies, or... Um, go for a walk, or do the things that you enjoy
1: doing. Mm, and for the men, you know, go into the garage, uh, do something that is fun, mm. do something that is energizing, and um, and by stop playing God, because that is what eventually we are doing when we are trying to help the other person. Mm. Um, we are we wanting to be in control, and we are actually playing God. Mm.
0: Absolutely. Mm. And to step away and let God be God. Felix, yes. Now that you're saying that, I remember um, I visited a counselor that was part of it. He was a pastor at our church many, many years ago in Pretoria. And he said to me, I went for ev- counseling every other week. And this is before the act of addiction was even revealed. Mm. But mm. Um, he said to me, Suki, you are playing God. And I was so angry with him. I thought, how could you say that? I mean, I'm just praying. I'm just helping. I'm <laughs> mm. And he said, God cannot be God if you interfere with what he's mm. doing in mm. the life mm. of, of this person. And, um, and and that's really so true. But in the meantime, to really go to your friend, have dates with a friend, and also community. You cannot do this on your own. I yeah. think this is the mm. big message that I want to give to people. doesn't matter what you do. Don't isolate. Yeah. Don't try and you think you're going to fix this problem mm. with a with mm. person with the addiction. You're not going to. Mm. You need a big team of people. You need friends. You need counselors. You need coaches. You need, um, you need to do things that you enjoy. Friends yeah. on many different levels that can just enjoy life with you so that you can keep, keep going on this journey.
1: So ultimately, it's um, to be very patient. Okay, that's what I hear you saying. Mm. Um, both the addict and uh, the friend, partner, family member of an addict need to be very patient because this is a process. Mm. Um, very, very rarely have I heard of people that have been instantly healed mm. and made whole mm. from addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, It does happen, but really, it's Mm. a process, and there is no perfection.
0: The word long-suffering comes Mm. to mind. It's really like a long-suffering. And in that, God builds character. Yes. And in that, we keep on needing to go to Him because He's the only one that can Mm. really help Mm. us. And with these words, we want to wrap up, listeners. Next week, we're going to talk to Venita, and she's going to tell us about her own experience um, she's in many fellowships, but also her own experience with uh, with addiction or from many, many sides as a part. And she's going to give lots of wonderful tips. But with that, we need to say goodbye. Remember to listen to the podcasts. Really, do you want to? Yes, please us?
1: get to the podcasts uh, at www.kpulpit.co.za forward slash podcasts forward slash into dash me dash c and uh, listen to them send them on to your friends and to those that you know are struggling as partners and and family of of uh, addicts and uh, yeah tune again next week and uh, we'll see you until then many blessings bye this insert was brought to you by radio k pulpit 7 to 9 a.m
0: please visit kpoopit.co.za.